You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Coulter, Lars Anderson, Seps pulling all the proper controls. Welcome in. If you haven't heard this show before, briefly, Matt Coulter here, 40-year broadcaster, sports in the state of Alabama, most in Birmingham. There's Lars sitting over there, and he's a longtime sports writer. He's been now going on 13 books and wrote for SI and Bleacher Report. So anyway, Lars, did you have a nice weekend? I know you, uh, I think you had some ball games, didn't you? Yeah, had a lot of ball games, a lot of fun. Uh, Lincoln had a, a game on uh, Saturday morning, and I'm telling you, by about uh, 10:30 in the morning, it felt like it was 105 degrees <laughs> with no no shade in sight, and uh, it was um, it was rough. And for some reason. Uh, the little man just didn't play uh, as good as he uh, he didn't play his best game. I'll just I'll just put it that way. And um, and you know he had several errors in the field. I think it all started because he he let off the game and he just drilled one to left, hit the fence, and uh, he ended up getting thrown out at home. And so uh, I think he lost some confidence there. And confidence, you know, confidence is so important in all forms of sport. But I think especially in youth sports, if you lose your confidence in youth sports, it's really tough to get back when you're, you know, an eight-year-old and you get thrown out at home and you're already in tears by the time you get to the dugout. But well, uh, we ended up, yeah, so we ended up losing, losing that game. And then we uh, headed out to... Uh, headed out to see the USFL game, uh, see the Stallions, uh, play. And, uh, that was a lot of fun. They ended up beating the Stars on basically the last play of the game. Yeah. Another uh, comeback by Birmingham is just amazing. Yeah. And, uh, it was our boy who caught the uh, winning touchdown pass. Jay Sternberger. Jay Sternberger. And yeah, I was telling my kids, I was like, okay, watch number 12. He's our guy. He's, He's a friend of the show and, and we know him well and, and Lincoln won. He thought he could run down there and give him a high five after he, <laughs> he caught the pass, but it's like, yeah, it doesn't really work that way. Uh, you know, was what, your... Jace, Jace actually pulls together everything you've just talked about because earlier in the game, he dropped a wide open pass. He did. I mean, and right, he in the, right in the end zone. Yeah, right, it should have been, a, right should've been, should've been six, but. He didn't let that shake his confidence. So no. let that be a good lesson to learn. But no, I, <laughs> yeah. I had a I had a fabulous weekend, and um, I think yesterday, if, a lot, if people follow me on Facebook, they know the story of uh, my now seven year old grandson uh, had leukemia when he was three, and he's been a year clear, uh, but he still fights hard and fights for Children's Hospital and Children's Miracle Network. In fact, he is one of the poster children for the state of Alabama. Yesterday, he had a fundraiser at a Publix uh, out in Hoover, Birmingham, and they raised like over a thousand dollars. It was just amazing to see the people come in there, and I posted it on Facebook. And uh, people like Jean Sullivan, God, I love that lady. She came by. That's Pat Sullivan's widow. I guess that's the proper way to to phrase it. But uh, she came in, talked, talked to Cole, 
pictures made, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, but then unfortunately, I had a similar situation you did as far as uh, Little League is concerned. My seven year old, same guy, same Cole, is on an all star team, and uh, they just kind of got it handed to him yesterday. <laughs> you know what's weird about watching the young kids play? is they can look like the 27 Yankees on Tuesday. But on Thursday, they look like the 81 Braves, you know? It's just yeah. from one day to the next, and they're hitting. It's just fielding. Uh, everything goes. But all in all, it was beautiful. And, yes, I will agree with you, Lars, a hot weekend. But a great weekend for Alabama baseball. We'll be talking to Robbie Glenn in just a moment. But Lars and Matt are going to bat it back and forth for a minute. Uh, they won their first two games in dramatic fashion, but they just absolutely drilled Boston College eight to nothing. And the thing about it is, I was reading up on the Eagles going into the game, and they had like the one of the top team batting averages in all the nation. Bama blanks them and hangs eight on them. Um, this has just been a marvelous experience for Alabama baseball, Alabama, the University of Alabama, and their fans. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I go back to, to Saturday night. Like, if Alabama isn't a team of destiny, then uh, you needed to see what happened on Saturday night. Never seen anything like it uh, for as long as I have been uh, watching sports, watching baseball. Uh, Alabama, uh, it was basically, the, the game was over. Right. Um, and uh, it, it, how it happened with uh, what one. OK, so there's two outs uh, and the uh, Troy hitter. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm getting I'm, I'm butchering this story, Matt. Uh, I, go, go ahead. If you know the, the no. details better. Than no. me, but basically, basically no. it's a it's a grounder to short. And the Troy yeah. the, the Troy shortstop. All he has to do is just fire it over to first, and it's game over. Troy wins. Uh, instead, it ends up being an error. And I was talking to Robbie Glenn about it, and Robbie said, that, hey, that's on the first baseman, and we'll get his thoughts because Robbie did play first base at Alabama. And, uh, and, and, and look, that, again, the game was completely over. It was a routine grounder, a routine play. And Alabama ends up uh, scoring two on it, and uh, I love the 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 play by play call, um, and by Chris Stewart who just lost his mind because like everyone else in the <laughs> well, stadium, yeah, everyone else in the stadium thought it was over as well. Alabama comes back to win, and then uh, took care of business last night or two nights ago, and um, or sorry, last night. And uh, advances on. And uh, this is a team that Robbie, again, he's mentioned many times, and I agree, that you don't want to face because the bats are coming alive. Uh, the, uh, the pitching staff is deep. And it just seems like they've got something special brewing. And it all started back when uh, the head coach was fired due to the, the gambling scandal. Yeah, it did. But... I'm going to have to talk to Robbie about that because <laughs> I thought the shortstop gathered himself up and took a little bit too much time. You know how you, you got the ball in the glove and you take a step and take a step and then kind of, but it almost looks like he killed too much time. Like, you know, and milliseconds are huge in baseball. 
And then he then he kind of realized what he'd done. He had to rush the throw. And I don't know, but Robbie was the first baseman. So from his angle, I will believe all. Which, by the way, you also have to uh, – we got to ask him about that post he had on – I can't remember what platform of social media – about when he was playing first base for Alabama. And he's doing uh, – who can I use here? A Mary Lou Retton split. I mean, he is all the way down to where his crotch is touching the dirt right there. I mean, the full deal. Do you have any idea – how flexible you have to be to do that and not pull every muscle in your thigh. But anyway, I got to ask him about that. But it was yeah. I mean, it's a, it's amazing to watch him do it. I mean, you know, uh, he did it for me the other night, and I was just like, what? <laughs> so uh, yeah, he he still he, he can still, was, still do it. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. He can still that was do like it. an old baseball picture. You know, I had Glenn yeah. on New Jersey. Yeah, no, he still he still can uh, do the splits, and um, he also looks like he could still hit a ball like about a country oh, mile. He can crush it. Yeah. <laughs> He's in shape. Well, we'll bring him on in just a moment. But let me ask you one thing, and we'll discuss it again with Robbie Glenn. But has has Jason Jackson is, is he the new coach? He should be, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. The job he's done, uh, again, since uh, uh, Bohannon was let go and just keeping his players focused, not listening to, you know, the outside noise, not being distracted, not letting that uh, gambling scandal probe uh, consume the season. And uh, I think it's a, a tremendous job he's done. And I would be shocked if he is not the next head coach, uh, unless there is something found in the vetting process, which I doubt there will be. I don't think there will be. There's no reason to believe there will be. Uh, but, uh, yeah, of course he, he definitely deserves it. I mean, Alabama is doing things right now in baseball that haven't been achieved in a long, long time. And I, I like Alabama's chances to make it to Omaha. Now, I don't know if they can necessarily win the College World Series, but, hey, it's a double elimination tournament, and you never know what's going to happen. I, I'm, I would guess if Alabama does make it to Omaha that the fans will travel extremely well. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, – I, I think this team is sitting pretty, but but yeah, we'll get Robbie to to preview uh, the next step for Alabama and uh, heading to Wake Forest. Yeah, and we'll talk some softball too because uh, a season of much promise uh, ended too abruptly. I don't know. They make the World Series, Lars. That's pretty darn good. And here we are saying it's a bad year. Well, it isn't a bad year. I guess I think the fact that they lost and then. Uh, coupled with uh, saying farewell to Montana Fouts, I think that that kind of adds to it just being a little bit sad. Yeah, uh, I definitely want to talk more about Montana Fouts, her legacy, um, and uh, just uh, her, her performance over the last uh, couple weeks. And, uh, boy, it was sure heartbreaking uh, to see her at the press conference, uh, try to maintain her emotions and um, I, and she was so eloquent and, uh, I don't know if we have a clip of that or not, but, but she finally just said, um, 
like I've, I'm home. I'm home. Alabama's home. And it was just so powerful because it's like she was kind of searching around for a way to describe what Alabama softball means to her and what the Alabama softball family means to her. And she, she arrived at the word home, which is one of the most powerful words you can use when, uh, when describing, uh, people who are extremely close to you. You just made me well up a little and it was you quoting her. (laughs) (laughs) All right. When we get back, let's talk to the stretch man. He's not going to like that. Robbie Glenn <laughs> next on Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sensing, Union Home Mortgage. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama, we are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Dead battery. The children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha. I was always on my feet. It was just so painful. Elisa couldn't let her students down. So she stepped up and went to the Good Feet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. But the really good part, it's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. From our home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partially sunny this afternoon with scattered showers and thunderstorms around through the evening hours. The high today, 88, the low tonight, 64. Tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds with scattered showers and thunderstorms. The high in the mid-80s at 86. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 82 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
other day asked, what kind of bumper music do you like? I said, 70s rock. So bring it home, Seth. Welcome back into Big Noon Sports. Matt Lars, uh, joined by now the third member of our show, <laughs> Robbie Glenn, uh, who is all Alabama baseball and then some. Robbie, I don't even know how you can start with this weekend. Shortstop, it's a walk-off hit in the bottom of the ninth, and a throwing error allows them to literally pull victory from the jaws, you know, the great white shark jaws of defeat. And the last night they just hammered BC. I'm just handing you. I'm, I'm throwing to first base. You take over. <laughs> All right, Matt. I appreciate it. Good being on with y'all again. Yeah, what a weekend, huh? I mean, first of all, you got to tip your hat to the crowd. I mean, they came out, what, 5,800 sold out again last night, even with it playing that late and on Friday night. Just, just great, great atmosphere for them to have home field advantage. But, you know, it's baseball, guys. What's going to win? How do you get this far and be one of the last 16 teams standing? You got to have good hitting, good defense, great pitching, and a lot of luck. And I think Bama got all that this weekend. Everything they needed. And it was, it was just a great team victory all the way around. Felt for that shortstop for Troy, though. I don't know if you saw that emotion coming out of him. Oh, wow. After he threw it. But, you know, I went back and looked at it and I heard y'all talking about it. And me being a first baseman, look, the shortstop took a little long, but you know why he took a little longer. One, it was two outs and it was Tommy Seidel running. Knew that he had a little bit extra time because he was hurt and he couldn't get down the line. But did y'all see Tommy getting it? He, I guarantee that shortstop looked up and saw him getting down the line a lot quicker than he's been yep. and tried to hurry it. It still wasn't a bad, bad throw. It wasn't a great throw, but it wasn't bad. But if you look at the first baseman, he steps out towards the shortstop a little too quick, and the ball kind of tails off towards the, the catching side towards that way. And now he's all the way extended out, and he has to lean with his body if he'd have waited another second or two to stride out and step to the ball, he'd probably make that catch a whole lot easier. So, yeah, the shortstop took the blame because it should have been right in his chest, but still, that ball's got to be caught. I mean, that, that's a game right there. But it didn't. Bama wins. And the reason they won, they got men on base. If you don't have men on base and don't put the ball in play, I don't care if it's on the ground or what, you don't put it, pop it up in the air, things happen, and that's what happened. Robbie, when you game, or when you win a game like they did on Saturday night, that really you have no business winning. Uh, that it was as over as over can be in my book. Um, does that do something for the team moving forward? I mean, they come back on Sunday night and uh, trounce a really good Boston College team. Yeah, I, I think so. I think you know, yeah, the confidence is there. But again, you're dealing with a lot of seniors, and first of all. I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there on Sunday. Boston College had to play at what time? Two o'clock. It was yeah. about as hot as you can get yesterday. So I don't know if that took a lot out of those players or not when having to turn around and come back at night because they did not swing the bat well. And I'm not knocking the pitcher because McNary threw a heck of a game. But you're talking one of the best first basemen for Boston College who was having the best tournament ever. I think it went four for four on Friday night with two home runs. Five for five on Saturday night with two home runs and then goes, and then he hit the ball again against Troy, got another one out and then goes 0 for against Bama or one for four. So yeah, great pitching, but I think those guys were just gassed and that's getting into the losers bracket. And, uh, 
And that's also showed up on their pitching. I don't think they had any arms left. Um, I think they just threw everything out there and, you know, hit hit batters left and right, walked. And Bama didn't hit the ball well. I mean, that, all their big stars were over. But then your two guys step up. Uh, the two catchers, Matt Gazette and uh, Thomas. Thomas, uh, I'm sorry if I butchered his name, but, you know, both of them had two two hits and RBIs, and they, they stuck. So that's what Bama does. They step up when players need it. Everyone just has their role. No, I'm looking Matt, forward to this weekend. Matt, that's a really good point. There's a big difference between Alabama hot and Boston hot. And, I, and I'm sure yeah, that Boston absolutely. College, they, they have not played in heat like this all season long because, you know, even for those of us who live here, that was as hot as it's been all year. And Robbie knows. I mean, Robbie grew up, what, uh, Panhandle, the uh, Hope, Milton, where were you? I can't, sorry, I forgot. Pace, yeah, Pensacola, Pace, Pace yeah. Florida. Pace, and it's... It's as hot on the panhandle as it is in South Alabama and in Birmingham. And this weekend, by the way, guys, I'm not going to turn into James Fan here, but the people say you get used to it. I've never gotten used to the heat and humidity in Alabama, and I've been here all my life. So, but that'll wear you out. Even a, a you know a groomed seasoned baseball player who is in great shape, that can take its toll on you, Robbie. Of all of the yes, things that it takes to win a baseball game, you know, I think a lot of people would put pitching first, but you got to also score runs. And if you don't play good defense, you're going to get beat. Is there one particular area where Alabama is excelling, or are they just hitting all the gears? I like everything about <laughs> this team. Uh, all the way through their bullpen. I mean, look what the bullpen came in and did. Shut them down. Alton Davis, two, two games in a row just – I mean, he looked like he was going to be a first-round pick, just mowing all the hitters down. But everybody's doing their role. Defense is great, guys. They're throwing people out. You know, with Andrews and Wright, just you just don't run on him. And, you know, I think people are going to start to notice that. You just don't go on these guys. They will throw you out. And then, again, back to Tommy Seidel. I, to be playing hurt and going as hard as – I think he's got, what, a 13-game hit streak going now? Just backing up their pitchers. Pitchers are throwing strikes. You know, I had a couple walks, but I, I I think they're hitting on all cylinders. Again, these seniors didn't play great against Boston College. You know, our leadoff struggled again, but he came through when he needed him. Got that big hit. I wish he would. Uh, I wish he would take a two strike approach through his whole life, his whole swing, even with uh his first pitch. Because that man, that little quick stroke of his. Got good pop, finds gaps, gets on base. I love that swing of his with two strikes. Um, and go ahead. Oh, uh, Robbie, yeah. So Alabama's now off to the uh, super regional round. Uh, for the first time since 2010, it's something that Alabama's only accomplished seven times in program history. And now, oh, by the way, they go to uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, to play the number one overall seed in the tournament, Wake Forest. Give us a preview of uh, of, of Wake Forest and, and, and what Alabama has to do to be successful uh, in this game against Wake. Well, one, I mean, just getting to a super regional that no one thought this team would is awesome. So I think they're relaxed as they're going to be. I think more pressure is going to be on Wake Forest, knowing that Alabama's coming in hot, coming out of the SEC. Yeah, they're number one team, and boy, they got—I mean, they got some studs. Let's let's go ahead and 
show it what they got. I mean, they got some their first baseman, their catcher, and I think one of their infielders, you know, 27 home runs, hitting 360, 378. All these guys can hit. And then they got the top two pitchers at all ACC with, uh, I think his name's Louder, One, like a 1.7 ERA and has not lost. He was pitcher of the year about two years in a row. And then they got a lefty that'll throw who's also has a, I mean, his ERA is low. But with that being said, they're going to their park. I always like to be on the road with my team. They're going to a, a, a nice stadium. Uh, you know, it looks crazy with the way they got the AstroTurf with that tan infield, like it's different. But the weather, they're leaving 90s, going to, what, 78 during the day and 60s at night. That's, that's going to be awesome. And, the, and I think the stadium's only like 3,800, where they just left 6,000 and played in front of 10,000 with the SEC. And again, those pitchers, yes, how great they are and how they have looked like they've been unhittable. But you can't tell me that they're not going to be better. They're better than Skines at LSU or that lefty that Arkansas has, uh, Smith. So they've seen great pitchers. So I don't think they're going to be shocked. Can our pitchers do what they've been doing, get their hitters out, stay in control, don't give them freebies, and can our, our, our guys hit? like they've been hitting, and I think we will. I think it's going to be a great series. Just got to win two. Two games. Yep. And you're in the World Series. That's all. Awesome. And Alabama. Alabama. And even if you don't, what a season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true, too. But uh, I don't think that this team's off the throttle yet, although Wake is a huge task, and that's going to be tough on the road. I, again, you make a great point with the weather. All right, has Jason Jackson wrapped this up? I mean, Alabama will, I guess, kind of have to, because they're, a, you know, a, a public a state university, federally funded university, they probably have to go through some kind of procedure to interview for the job. But does Robbie Glenn think it should be Jason Jackson? Yeah, you know, man, he's done a great job, and no doubt. And the team's rallying around him, okay? So there's other factors like, okay, is the recruiting. Yes, he's great at getting the pitchers in. Can he recruit and get other players in next year since all these are leaving? All that's got to be, I'm sure he is. But I, I think he has. Um, Greg Byrne knows what he's doing. He's done his research. But could you imagine if he were to announce it today or tomorrow that he is the coach, the motivation this team would have going on the road, that they just got their coach, landed a job? I mean, I don't know. That that seemed like that would be a, a little pick-me-up right there if they'd even needed one. So, uh, most likely, I say he has it. Uh, I would see no other reason. All right, Robbie, this is the question of the day. How is it that Uh-oh. you still can do the splits? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I heard you talk about the picture on it. Because it wasn't just our games I was watching. I was, I was watching so many games where first baseman, it was a bang-bang play, and there was no stretch at all. And they were calling the runner safe. And I was like, no, they do a stretch out a little bit further. Make the umpire, like, make that call. But uh, don't have to do the splits, but give me a little bit better effort. I've always, from young age, was told to stretch because I was so pitched. Like, you got to keep your hamstrings loose, and they got to do all this and to avoid injuries. And I've always been able to do it. And I did it one time at first, you know, and it just became a – a thing I always did when it was a bang-bang play or a bad throw, which one of my former team, Jerry Shelton, always said that I did it one time too early, and 
and they gave yeah. him an error on a throw, which, you know, but <laughs> so we still have, have fun about that one. But it's just something I've always been able to do, and, yes, I can still do it. I stretch every morning, every night. Now, it's not something I, I'll just pop out and do out of nowhere, which I did, you know, Lars, when you were there the other night. <laughs> yeah, that was that was impressive. I, I, was, I, was, <laughs> I was blown away. <laughs> yeah, I still do it. It's 53 years old, but it's... And things start to hurt a little bit different now, but it, I, I'll probably always be able to do it, I'm sure. Yeah, I'd love to see you do it at 70. Uh, <laughs> but I haven't seen you do it yet, which gives us justification to all get together and watch some baseball this weekend. Hey, Robbie, you do an excellent job for us. We appreciate it very, very much. And we'll be doing it again later this week, I'm sure. Thank you, Robbie Glenn. Thank you, Robbie. Thank you all. All right, guys. All right. Bye. Uh, cool stuff. Uh, yeah, it would hurt me to see somebody do that. <laughs> I about uh, passed out in pain. Uh, yes, <laughs> it looked it. It, uh, it was a sight to behold. I'll put it that way. All right, cool stuff. Hey, we got to talk about the NBA. Uh, Lars, I have to give him credit. I think started jumping on the Denver bandwagon at the end of the regular season, and he's been correct so far, but. Miami Heat won last night. I'm a little perplexed by it. What does it mean moving forward? And that means to South Florida. You're listening to Big Noon Sports presented by Haley Tensing Union Home Mortgage. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. The universal truth of women's shoes. The cuter they are, the more they hurt. You have to put your best foot forward, and if your best foot is an ugly shoe, oh my goodness. Lee Ann thought she had to choose between looking good and feeling good until she got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now I can wear the shoes that I've picked out because I like the way they look, not because they were comfortable. Good Feet relieved her pain and her fashion dilemma. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days. But check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. Luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Yori, Grayson, and Mizzenamain. And if you haven't tried the Mizzenamain dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley. Luxury game day apparel redefined. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Goodfeet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. If you're high. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of RR Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to RR and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around, and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world renowned cigar and spirits destination. Bronze. 
he was kind of a part of the big three there on, on that team. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I, I go back to, uh, I remember him at, at UCLA, uh, back in, uh, 2007, 2008. And, uh, he's just a smart player. Uh, and, um, you know, again, injuries have kind of slowed him over the years, but, uh, he, he played a very key role, um, last night. And, uh, I think he'll continue to do so. But what I think Miami or what I think Denver will do to, uh, exploit love is get him away from the basket. Uh, from whoever he's guarding and then just pick and roll him to death because he's not going to be quick enough to keep up with the pick and roll and that may uh, cause him to take a seat on the bench. I mean, it's it's pretty fascinating just watching these two coaches uh, uh, react and act, react to the action and, and the X's and O's that are going on. And right now it's advantage Miami Heat and Eric Spolstra. Yeah. Uh, and who would have thought that? Who would have thought that even a week ago? I'm, but you know what? I think in the long run, Denver's just a better team. And they have maybe the best player in all the NBA. So, um, I think it was a setback. It certainly, you know, it gave life to this series that many thought, myself included, is going to be gone in five. But, uh, maybe it goes six. But this is, this is a this is another interesting stat, and I know it's easy to get bogged down by stats and and, and analytics. But when Jokic uh, had six or fewer assists in the regular season, Denver was just three and seven. And when he had eight or fewer assists, they were just seven and thirteen. Right. And he was held to four or fewer assists three times and they were all losses. Well, he only had four assists last night. Denver predictably lost. So it's really not just Jokovic scoring. It is his ability to get guys easy buckets uh, with his passing. It's, it's, it's crazy to say how a big man, you know, who, who, uh, is putting down 40 a night is really more, his passing is more important than his scoring. But I think the statistics bear that out with this team, uh, as it's constructed and, and it's getting guys like Jamal Murray and others, uh, Michael Porter Jr. open looks and good looks. And uh, he just wasn't able to do that last night. And I think Kevin Love was a big reason why. It was, as Lars just talked about 30 minutes ago, great weekend at Protective as the Stallions came back and and won another game late. One more win. They are locked into the playoffs. We'll talk about that on the other side of this break as you listen to Big Men Sports. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Unemployment? Your benefits could be at risk. 
Here's how you can protect yourself and your benefits. Never respond to mail notifying you of a false claim in your name. Never answer a text message asking you to verify your account. And only respond to official Alabama Department of Labor's social media pages. Report fraud at labor.alabama.gov slash fraud. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Labor, ABA, and the station. The Alabama Department of Labor is an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request to individuals with disabilities. Dial 711 for TTY accessibility. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partially sunny this afternoon with scattered showers and thunderstorms around through the evening hours. The high today, 88, the low tonight, 64. Tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds with scattered showers and thunderstorms. The high in the mid-80s at 86. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 84 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Seth Shirey is at the controls at our flagship station, Tide 100.9. Our phone lines are open if you'd like to join us. Go ahead and dial in. If you're a regular, fine. If you're a first-time caller, I promise we'll, we will treat you kindly. Now, I can say that for myself. I mean, sometimes Lars gets into attack mode. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, no, the number is uh, 205-342-9904. Um, Lars, I don't know how long if your kids were able to make it Saturday afternoon, but uh, it was blistering. You got, I think you got tickets in the shade, right? Yes, uh, your connection, uh, she was great. She got us uh, club seats, so we were actually able oh, to go go indoors, go, go in, go in the club, and uh, cool down a little bit. But also the um, uh, the the seats uh, were in the shade, right uh, on that side of the stadium, and uh, so it, it wasn't too bad. I mean, there was there was probably about seventeen Philadelphia Stars fans on the other side of the stadium, uh, just 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 frying in uh, in the sun in those uh, those metallic bleachers. But, um, yeah, and uh, there were quite a few Philadelphia Stars fans there. I, I was impressed. I, I think they were just sitting around us. I think it was like the, the wives and, and the kids of the players uh, who were uh, there. But uh, another really good crowd of, of Stallion fans and very impressed with the uh, intensity of the passion that uh, that uh, a big uh, uh, section of the fans have for the Stallions. They're very proud that the Stallions represent the city. And and I, I'm telling you, I, I watched our guy, uh, Chase, and uh, Jace, and uh, he is really good, Matt. He's a, tie, he's a tight end. He got open consistently down the field i mean i i link i had lincoln and i we were just watching him and there were just so many times when the quarterback didn't see him uh could have been big quite a few big plays were left there out on the field which they're probably going over right now but um the stallions are, are a fun team to watch they're they're really uh sort of a i think they prefer to run the ball and control time of possession, went on defense and, and then, uh, you know, uh, take a, a few shots deep. 
they have the most dangerous return man in the NFL or in the USFL. Uh, they do have speed on the edges with their wide receivers. And, um, again, a really powerful kind of between the tackles, uh, rushing attack. And, uh, they're a fun team. And look, uh, this was, uh, this was a, a battle between the two best teams in the league, I believe. And, uh, yeah, I guess the Stars were in first place in their division and the, uh, Stallions were in first place in, in, in their division as well. And, uh, I think the Stallions, they have, uh, the makings of a team that can win another championship and go two for two and, uh, hoisting the big trophy at season's end. Uh, I agree, but I was, uh, listening and reading this morning from USFL and from the Stallions that, um, while they certainly get look playoff worthy and maybe championship worthy, this year has been a lot rockier. I don't say last year was smooth, um, but you know, they jumped out and won their first eight and, uh, it seemed like they were on the path for the championship last year. I think some of the other teams have either come up because I don't think the Stallions have dropped. I think other teams, in fact, I think the Stallions are better than they were last year, but we'll, we'll see soon enough, but they're, now they're nemesis standing in the way. They took care of the breakers. Uh, New Orleans beat them earlier in the year, and then Birmingham came back a couple of weeks ago and beat New Orleans. Uh, now they got to do the same thing with the Gamblers who beat them earlier this year. Yeah, and uh, you just made a point that I wanted to amplify, and that is the overall quality of play, at least to, to my eye, is so much higher this year than it was last year, just generally speaking. And then uh, just seeing it yesterday... Uh, or Saturday with my own eyes, it, it just seemed like every team or these two teams, especially the Stars and the Stallions, have taken really big leaps forward uh, in uh, in in the, the the quality of football that they're playing. Now, part of that may be because there's been some consistency in the coaching staffs. And uh, you have some of the same players and they get there's a familiarity with the routine and and, and all of that. But, Matt, it, it's uh, I, I, it's not night and day, but it is very noticeable. I agree. Um, I think it's more a situation where the other teams, uh, the breakers have certainly gotten a lot better, but there are other teams in the league that have raised their game. I think it's going to make for a very, very exciting playoff. And we'll get Jace, our man, on later this week, and we'll talk some USFL. You've been listening to Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage.
Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern-day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Mizzenamain. And if you haven't tried the Mizzenamain dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Did you know not washing your hands after using the bathroom can increase the spread of hepatitis A? Washing your hands with soap and water, as well as getting vaccinated, is the best way to protect yourself if you are at risk of getting hepatitis A. One dose of the hepatitis A vaccine provides long-lasting protection in up to 95% of those who receive it. For more information on the hepatitis A outbreak in our state, visit alabamapublichealth.gov forward slash IMM. Sponsored by the Alabama Department of Public Health, the ABA, and this station. Alabama Securities Commission protects you from financial fraud. Anyone asking you for investment money must be licensed. You're careful with your money. Fraudsters aren't. Before you invest, call our hotline at 1-800-222-1253 to verify the licensing of the person making an offer and the product. Don't lose your hard-earned money. Learn to protect yourself at asc.alabama.gov. Paid for by the Investor Protection Trust and brought to you by the Alabama Broadcasters Association and this station. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Second hour of Big News Sports. Matt Coker along with Lars Anderson, our producer and board operator and jack of all trades is Shep Shirey. We appreciate you folks dialing us in as we get into the one o'clock hour on Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sansing Union Home Mortgage. You sent me a text this morning or sent me a suggestion this morning to go through 
the nominees for the next class of the College Football Hall of Fame. You know, these are always really difficult for me because I think of this, I think of that, and you got to think about college football. Uh, you, if you think about the NFL, you know, you'll skew what really should be the Hall of Fame. And I don't know where to start, Lars. You want to start with quarterbacks? Well, yeah, let me, let me give the criteria really quick. I'll, I'll try to be, uh, 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 I'll try to summarize here. Um, so a player has to be a first team All American on a list recognized by the NCAA. Uh, so you know what that means? Joe Montana, not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he's eligible 10 years after his final year of playing. Uh, post-career citizenship is factored into the voting and uh, extra uh, boost is given to those earned a degree. And uh, believe it or not, O.J. Simpson still in the Hall of Fame. Uh, players have to be they have have to played within the last 50 years. So that means for uh, to be eligible uh, for the next class, you'd have to have played by uh, 74. Or I'm sorry, the class. I guess this is called the class of the twenty of 2023. Uh, so you'd have to finish your career by 73, and a coach is eligible three years after retiring, or if he's older than 70. Okay, so um, how do you want to do this, Matt? You wanna you wanna go by uh, positions, or I, I kind of have marked out my my top 50. Uh, but let, let's do let's do it your way. Let's let's go by positions right. um, and let's say in or out. Well, I think the first thing I want to do is just to address a guy that that we consider a dear friend, and he is up as a defensive back. And let's just start <clears throat> talking a little bit about Antonio Langham, TD forty three. Yeah, Antonio, uh, nineteen ninety three unanimous first team All American. He won the uh, Thorpe Award. Uh, he was a part of Alabama being uh, in four postseason uh, bowl games, highlighted by, of course, the 92 National Championship, three-time All-SEC selection, Tide's all-time le- leader in career interceptions with 19, and a heck of a guy who is always smiling and has become close personal friends with both you and I. If I had a vote, I would vote Langham in in a second. I think it could be a tall hill for him to climb, but uh, I, I would love to see Antonio Langham make it into the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, it's just, uh, it's, I just don't, I don't know if, um, if uh, just the, I don't know that if the 19 career interceptions is enough. He was so impactful and made arguably, you know, they did a whole uh, 30 for 30 on a play that Antonio made in the 1992 inaugural SEC championship game where, uh, you know, t- returns the interception for a touchdown. And if Antonio doesn't make that play, maybe we never have conference championship games then maybe we never have a college football playoff. I mean, you could make that extrapolation, right, just from that one play Antonio made because Alabama had everything to lose in that game. Florida had everything to win. And if Alabama loses that game, there's going to be a groundswell of support never to play that game again. So the fact that he made that play, um, I, you know what, I just talked myself into it. I'm voting Antonio Langham in. How about you? 
I am 100%, and it's, uh, I, I can separate friendship from actual on-paper statistics, on-the-field play. And he was a leader. Uh, he made big plays. None bigger, perhaps, in the history, Benny say, in that 30 for 30, which, by the way, another great documentary. It may have been the most important play in college football history in our recent years. And uh, it, it should be. But on the field, you remember just the week before uh, the championship game, didn't he have a pick six against Auburn? I mean, yeah, he Tony did. Langham's statistics are amazing. And um, he gets in on my ballot immediately. Now, I'll let you bring up the next one. All right. Uh, let, let's just take the easy ones. How about that? Uh, Michael Vick. I mean, he, Michael Vick, he's right there with me, uh, with Cam Newton as the two most, uh, dominating college football players I've ever seen with my own eyes. And I covered that 1999 Sugar Bowl, which was the national championship game between Virginia Tech and Florida State. And Michael Vick was just spectacular, spectacular. Um, he was a first team All American in '99, uh, finished third in the Heisman voting, guided the Hokies to their first 11 and 0 regular season. Um, I remember, uh, I, I spent time with Michael at the Heisman, uh, ceremony. Uh, actually went up to his hotel room with, uh, this guy Tommy Riemann, who was his high school coach and kind of, uh, father figure to Michael. And Michael's mom was there and, and we were, I, I was just shadowing him for a, a long story in Sports Illustrated. And I remember just thinking how young he looked and, uh, I, you know, he was a redshirt freshman, but then against, uh, Florida State, I mean, Florida State was so good that year. Uh, that's when uh, Peter Warwick uh, played really well in that game, caught a long touchdown pass. But uh, even though they were so outmanned, Michael Vick was just, you know, just spectacular, just Superman. Yeah, he he uh, made plays. And, and even uh, 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 Bobby Bowden was saying that afterwards, that he had never seen a performance like that. He was carrying that team for the first 11 and then for the national championship game. Gets a very, very, very good Seminoles defense. Uh, he put up his Dukes and he kept him in the game. And I do wonder, uh, you know, how successful would his career have been in the NFL? Had it not been for the dog issue, but yeah, I, we don't have time. His, his, to go into his, that. his, his prime years were really uh, yeah, taken absolutely. away from him, but uh, you know it was his own doing. Uh, so yeah, uh, Peter Wark is also up. I, I think he is uh, in two uh, two time first team All American, uh, FSU's career leader in receiving TDs. Uh, and he's the league uh, ACC's all time leading receiver. He, he's definitely in. Uh, um, Larry Fitzgerald, another wide receiver. Uh, what a player he was at Pitt. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, 2003 unanimous first team All American, Heisman Trophy runner up as a wide receiver. Um, first ever sophomore to win the Walter Camp Player of the Year honors. And, uh, he set 11 school records, played only two seasons at Pitt, but, uh, I also got to know Larry pretty well when I was, uh, 
uh, working on uh, the book with Bruce Arians when B.A. was the head coach uh, for the Cardinals. And uh, we always joked that, that Larry really could play to the crowd better than anyone and that he would always, always during training camp be the last guy out of the tunnel. And, you know, he would uh, just, just, just try to like milk it with the fans <laughs> and, and Bruce would just kind of sit to the side and laugh and, and, uh, and, and, but Larry, even in the, in the later part of his career, you know, he, uh, on, on the advice of Bruce, he, he, he went from, uh, a receiver who played on the outside, moved to the slot, and he became basically the best blocking wide receiver in the NFL. And, uh, and, and that he really helped the Cardinals in that role get to the NFC championship game. But just in college, uh, what a player he was, Matt. Yeah, and I think as he matured in his life in the NFL, uh, and he I, he may have been like this before, but he was a bit of a showboat earlier. But from my, my reads, he is also a fantastic guy and a good team guy to have around. And I've read several times about some of the efforts that he makes philanthropically. And um, I think he's in, in my book, he's in on every level you could put him on. Yeah, and also just real quick about being such a great team guy. When the 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 uh, Cardinals signed Adrian Peterson uh, when they were making a, a run uh, like midway through the season, Larry actually picked Adrian up at the airport and uh, let Adrian stay at his house, and uh, he stayed there for the duration of the season. Of course. Larry Fitzgerald has like his guest house is bigger than my house, your house, uh, Seth's house <laughs> combined. So it's not like, uh, you know, and probably has more chefs than, uh, <laughs> there are in Birmingham. But anyway, uh, yeah, he's a good, good team guy. How about Ken Dorsey? Uh, quarterback Miami led the Canes to back to back. Back-to-back BCS uh, national championship games, won a national titles junior year. I would say Ken Dorsey's probably in. Well, here's the deal. When you mentioned the name Ken Dorsey, I immediately associated him with Miami national championship. But it, I don't know if this works against him or not, but it's just worth noting. Um, he has all the other guys that were before him. You know, the Jim Kellys and the the Gino Torettas. I guess he was after him, but uh, no, he was before him. Um, and, and who else? Uh, Vinny? Yeah, there's, there's, I mean, well, not Vinny. Vinny was pretty good in the pros, but you're right. Miami quarterback, Scott Covington, um, you know, that Miami would get all these highly recruited guys that everybody in the country want, and then they just did not. They had, you know, decent college careers, but nothing uh, really to write home about in the NFL. Although Vinny Testaverde did. Uh, Simeon Rice, Julius Peppers. Uh, remember Toby Gerhardt running back out of Stanford? Yeah. Man, there's so many good players. Mark Carrier. Uh, Lohr, uh, Dion Figures. Terrence uh, Newman. Dan and, Hampton. Uh, Dan Hampton. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, that's, did you mention Auburn's uh, Tommy Tuberville? I did not. Uh, you know what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to just pull a segment out every day this week. 
just pick pick it up because I love talking about this. I, I love being the guy that's kind of making the call. So, well, let me let me let, yeah, let's let's do that. But let me just give you the. There's nine coaches that are finalists, and Tommy Tuberville. We could talk about that all day, uh, and then uh, other names that people would know. Uh, Blakeney from Troy. Yeah, Ralph Regan, Maryland, uh, Larry Blakeney from Troy. Now that would be an interesting, uh, that would be interesting debate. Larry Coker at Miami, Frank Solich, Nebraska, um, and Mark D'Antonio. Mark D'Antonio, Michigan I State. Played, uh, UAB played, yeah, in Cincinnati. I remember in Cincinnati. But, uh, anyway, and, and just on an interesting note. Warwick Dunn and Peter Warwick are both on the ballot this year. Uh, hey, we'll get to more of that, but uh, Lars and myself are going to talk a, a little or a lot about Montana Fouts when we get back on Big News Sports. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Calling all... The children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha. I was always on my feet. It was just so painful. Elisa couldn't let her students down. So she stepped up and went to the Good Feet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. But the really good part, it's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partially sunny this afternoon with scattered showers and thunderstorms around through the evening hours. The high today, 88, the low tonight, 64. Tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds with scattered showers and thunderstorms. The high in the mid-80s at 86. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 86 degrees in Tuscaloosa. But I, that, that may be the band, the most popular band that I've seen the most times. But 
Um, anyway, uh, not going to get carried away with bumper music, although Seth is dealing like Casey Kasem. Um, Montana Fouts. Lars, you said you wanted to make comment. I think we both do. Um, but I want you to lead off here. Be Lou Bra. <laughs> yeah, so... Um Patrick Murphy wanted to take her out at the uh, at the end of the game in the uh, loss to Stanford, so the crowd could give her a, a final goodbye. And uh, Montana shrugged shrugged him off, um, and just you know didn't didn't want that kind of attention. But uh, I think you could uh, easily make the argument that uh, she is the uh, greatest. Uh, softball player in the history of Alabama and one on a on a very short list of the greatest of all time uh, to play college baseball uh, four-time All-American uh, I mean we can get into her stats but also just think of the amount of young women uh, that are now playing softball because of Montana Fouts just the impact that she's had in the region and that's not just because of what she's done on, on the on, on between the lines and in the circle but it is how she conducts herself off the field how she uh, is constantly there for her teammates how she's become a role model how she uh, has handled adversity with the uh, Grace and uh, elegance and passion, uh, and and also just uh, what a great competitor she is. Uh, she's uh, she's fierce. Uh, she is uh, ruthless, just the way you want, like uh, like a Michael Jordan. And um, you know, she just uh, she's everything you would want in a college softball player. Uh, I, I just. Uh, I can't, I, I can't like, uh, I'm, I'm reaching for words that would best describe the, how high regard I hold her in. And, and it, it, it's hard to because she just has, uh, done things again that have never been done. And then to, uh, top it off with, uh, just that, that press conference. And I, I was hoping we had an audio, uh, clip from that, but, um, we're going to try to get that, uh, either for tomorrow or later on in the break. But, but just, uh, to listen to her talk about what her time meant at Alabama and, uh, and, and, and just, uh, being a part of the team. Being a part of uh, the, the the family that Patrick Murphy has created there, and then she, uh, you know, as a writer, there's always certain words that that just sort of resonate right in your ear, and like for Nick Saban, for instance, whenever he talks about his father, I, I always sort of pay a little closer attention because normally he's about ready to say something that is pretty impactful and profound to him. And with Montana, she, uh, she called Alabama like her home, like basically like her forever home. I'm home. And, and, and I just thought it was such a, a, a unique way to express her feelings of love and commitment 
and uh, and and just uh, her overall uh, um, her her overall just admiration for the school, and it just left no doubt that she made the right decision to come to Alabama, Matt. You know, uh, you can look at her career at Alabama and just be amazed by her stats. Like, um, she has 1.6 ADRA. She won 51, lost 13, struck out 583, 122, 128 walks. Uh, her numbers would be more significant had it not been for COVID. But in all her wins and losses and World Series appearances, you, you could just go on and on what she's done um, inside the circle. But the thing that always comes out to me is just what a wonderful person she is. I'd like to meet her family because you are often a result of the way you were raised and somebody did a great job with her. And you don't need a better example than the one Lars just described and that's don't pull me. I don't want I don't want that. Um, it's a team. She's always been team first even though she was a consensus All-American. And it just takes a person uh, with just a massive amount of character and integrity to pull that off. Because, you know, a lot, especially this era, a lot of people go, me, 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 me. She never did that. And there's a difference between doing that because that's what you're supposed to do and doing that because that's what you feel. And there's no doubt in my mind that Montana Fouts is the latter. Yeah, and uh, we definitely haven't heard the last of her. I mean, this is a, a, a chapter closing, but uh, a book is about to open, a new book, and that's going to be with USA Softball. And uh, she will no, no doubt be, in my estimation, the face of USA Softball uh, when the Olympics uh, uh, are here in the United States in Los Angeles in 2028. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, she may very well become almost like a, a, a Jenny Finch, right? Who, uh, who really became the face of, of, of softball, uh, for the United States, uh, several years ago in the Olympics. And I, I think Montana is poised to do that. And then just, uh, all of the opportunities that she is going to have even between now and 2028 in Los Angeles uh, are, are going to be uh, plentiful. So uh, it, it's not like she's exiting the stage. It's not like her career is over. Uh, so I, I, I think, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's too bad that that Alabama went out so quick in the, in the, in the world series first team to be eliminated. But um, you know, this team, uh, just the fact that they made it uh, to the uh, the made it to Oklahoma City was very impressive because this wasn't the strongest uh, Alabama team that Coach Murphy has had in uh, last few years. But it's just like you know by by will, almost force of will, that uh, Montana uh, led the team in getting there, overcoming an injury which could have been a career ender. I mean, it looked bad at first. Uh, but, um, like I said, I, I don't think we have uh, seen or heard the last of Montana Fouts. 
I don't either. I look forward to seeing her pitch in the future. And you mentioned her post-game comments, not post-game, post-year, her post-career comments following her last game as pitcher for the University of Alabama. Let's hear from her now. You know, I've been thinking about it a lot recently, and um, I didn't start playing the game of softball just to win a national championship. I started playing to because I love it. I love the game. I love the the struggle that it brings me sometimes, and I love like Murph has always Murph has taught me to be an overcomer, and I I love that. And I love that about our team, and I love the memories, and I love my teammates, and I love that it's brought me a family. And that would have been great, but I've won in life. Ooh, that'll get you cranked up. Yeah, I mean she's so she's so uh, she's so articulate and composed and. Uh, she definitely has won at the game of life. There's no doubt about that. And, uh, she, uh, her life is still full of, uh, endless possibilities. And, uh, it'll be fun to see what she does moving forward, especially keep an eye on USA softball in Los Angeles 2028. Lars, have you ever been to Druid City Brewing Company? Indeed, I have, Matt. <laughs> Funny you should ask. (laughs) We're going to talk to the proprietor because I saw him on... We actually met him uh, Friday afternoon. I'll explain the story and why he is of great significance to our show today on the other side of the break as you listen to Big Noon Sports. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. Chase. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. Luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Mizzenamain. And if you haven't tried the Mizzenamain dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. The universal truth of women's shoes. The cuter they are, the more they hurt. You have to put your best foot forward, and if your best foot is an ugly shoe, oh my goodness. Lisa Ann thought she had to choose between looking good and feeling good until she got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now I can wear the shoes that I've picked out because I like the way they look, not because they were comfortable. Good Feet relieved her pain and her fashion dilemma. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. 
right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Back on Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sansing of Union Home Mortgage. Just a, a quick background on our next guest as... Um, First met him when uh, he uh, unfortunately lost his partner and my dear friend's son, Elliot Roberts. Um, that's the first time I went there as he set up a, a nice little uh, celebration of life. And uh, just thought that was terrific. Um, and now Lars and I decided to go get a cold beer after the show in Tuscaloosa Friday. And there's Bo again. And uh, we sample a couple of his craft beers, which are outstanding. Um, and then... Saturday night, I think I'm flipping through channels, and I said, dang, looks like that bow guy we met yesterday. Uh, I said, dang, that's Bo Hicks from Druid City Brewing Company. And they were doing a story about the economic impact of baseball and softball in the city of Tuscaloosa. And uh, if you're going to measure the impact, Bo, go to the guy that's serving everybody beer, right? <laughs> I think that's a good plan. <laughs> um, but it is significant, and unfortunately, softball is not continuing. But they made the World Series. But and we could see when Lars and I left, you were starting to build a pretty good crowd for baseball, softball. But uh, I remember, I remember hearing you talking to your partner back there, and says, "Okay, which game?" where on what TV so people can have the best vantage point. And I thought, now that guy knows his sports bar stuff. But um, you, it does have an economic impact on you, doesn't it? Oh, I mean, completely. I mean, even though that the World Series uh, was away, and I, I thought that was a testament to this year's team, who might not have been good softball, that is, uh, or not had the outcome they wanted, not that they weren't good, to uh, play as a team. And so... We had a bump for people wanting to come up here and watch World Series games. Um, baseball, of course, you know, after all they've gone through this year to see that team come together, you know, it really brings the community together. We had that delay last night, so we had like 15 or 16 extra people like, well, we'll wait it out here. We can walk to the stadium. And so those kind of things really matter for your independent businesses, you know, especially here in the college town. You know, the summer, it's normally sort of a slows down a little bit. Um, and so being able to have that, it just makes all the difference in the world. Bo, when I was in uh, grad school in New York City, I actually uh, became a home brewer in my tiny little apartment. And I would bring, I'd bottle it myself and uh, bring it to my professors to try to win them over. Uh, it was always very yeasty, uh, yeah. which, <laughs> so I wasn't that great at it. Uh, but um, what's your backstory? How did you begin to get into home brewing? Because I, I still love home brewing. I have a little uh, bumper sticker in my office at Alabama that says, I brew, therefore I am. Uh, I, so I'm, I'm really into it. How did you get started? 
Well, I mean, it was something that I, I came to go to school here uh, and then promptly toured with bands and raised a lot of cane. And I was meant to go back to school, and it just, uh, there was never a time. Next thing I know, I own a house. Um, I have a beautiful daughter that's on the junior roller derby team, go Druid City Daredevils. And uh, <laughs> we were, me and Elliot, who you mentioned earlier, who we wouldn't be here without. Uh, he was an awesome dude, and we still love him and give credit to him for helping me start this. Um, we decided somebody was going to open up a brewery in Tuscaloosa at some point that didn't care about the community. And that's something that we're really big on is being involved in the community here. So we just started brewing in a driveway. We never worked at another brewery. Uh, we never did anything. Of course, some of the Alabama brewers, when they found out we were starting, you know, let us told us a, a couple of things, but there was a lot of trial and error. Uh, we, too, had many a yeasty batch of beer, Lars, so <laughs> don't let that get you down. You just need to have some time, and so, yeah, with my history of playing in bands and the sort of entertainment and wanting to give a home for that in Tuscaloosa, we just decided we sat down at, a, I think, Will Hagen's uh, when it was around and came up with a business plan on a napkin. Salt some investors uh, that were big Alabama guys um, that really helped us out. And we, we did it kind of a weird way. We sold a bunch of very small values, about $5,000 stocks, because a lot of those guys are like, oh, I'm part of a brewery in Tuscaloosa. So <laughs> then, you know, we get them and their buddies, too. Uh, and so it just kind of grew from there. We just moved into our new facility. Uh, and I think that's a testament through making it through COVID and having 10 years in a 1,400 square foot facility that I think we have gotten a little bit of that community thing. And it's something that we want to foster and continue to grow and to get more uh, cool and interesting people to stick around in Tuscaloosa, maybe not leave after they graduate. or So, yeah, we just decided on a whim, well, why not us? <laughs> well, I'm interested about the beer side, and I know Lars is too, because you change your flavors, uh, for lack of a better term. There's probably a, a better brewmeister term. But um, how is that done? And have you ever had one that you just immediately sold out of? Well, yes. I mean, it's generally to styles. And, and a lot of that goes to what kind of grain you use, a, a large amount of it. And I'm not trying to give a, a class here or be too over technical, but... You know, your darker beers will have grains that have been roasted, essentially like a coffee bean, and that's where that color and that kind of astringency comes from. And then it's hops. Um, you know, we, we've had a couple. We used to partner with Snow's Bend uh, and make a watermelon wheat. We would juice about 60 watermelons, and, brother, they're, your eyelids are sticky after you uh, juice <laughs> that many watermelons. Um, and so that one was always a hit and it's just finding the time to get back to doing those more experimental batches you know we were sort of a victim of our success that our core beers our pellel our ipa and our porter were selling so fast that i sort of lost the time to really do some of those experimental ones uh so yeah it uh it happens we're gearing up to really start getting back into because that's the part that i find fascinating you know, it's not an instant gratification thing, which I'm sure Nick Saban would attest to, too. You've got to put in the work. you got to, you know, all right. And so we're looking forward to doing our own kind of fifth quarter program here, of getting back to being able to do things. And we've got a lot of help uh, from a sister brewery of ours up in Huntsville 
uh, called Straight to Hell that really uh, goes above and beyond and helping us out. Uh, we sort of partnered with them on this new facility, as well as we've got some co-ops. It's Straight to Hell, Druid City, Good People, and Avondale, and like, like Gunnersville and Huntsville. So once you get a lot of those minds together, you know, you just start chewing the fat, having a couple of beers, and coming up with ideas. And, you know, I find the brotherhood of brewing, you know, very gratifying as well. The interesting people you meet, both in the industry and customers that seek us out. You know, we have a lot of beer tourists here in Tuscaloosa that'll come through in their little camper and want to stop and check out the local wares. And, you know, you get a lot of info from them. So it's, uh, I'm a very social critter. So it just fills my mind with interest. Yeah, and uh, speaking of interest, you have so many cool little features in your bar. Like, I was overwhelmed uh, just by uh, all, all the things in there. Can you just, like, just give us a, a quick summary of uh, the unique, I don't know, things that you have there? <laughs> <laughs> well, we wanted to uh, really honor some old school Tuscaloosa. So we've got a lot of tables from the Chucker, a lot of the art from Egan's our bar top and where our old school video games are. We're a lane from Leland Lanes over in Alberta City. Our uh, gentleman's restroom has nothing but athletic directors along the wall, which is not as creepy as it it sounds like them looking at you, but uh, (laughs) so we just tried to have a lot of you know, old school Tuscaloosa thing while also being open to creating new things uh, for people and once again, to be able to do that, you know the, the baseball this year, you know, it's been amazing. As the, I mean, even in non-summer sports, something like basketball being in the top ten for as long as it is, you know, that really helps our bottom line. I mean, that is a noticeable tick. Well, once again, a small business, every little bit helps. But when you're getting an extra weekend worth of sales throughout the month, you know, that's that's cherry. That's how you're able to. Uh, pay your people a living wage and how you're able to be involved in some not-for-profits and some charities and to do things for like arts and autism and stuff like that. And so in a way, the symbiosis of being in Tuscaloosa and having that bump in sports of all the teams really performing on a high level, you know, it just, it blows my mind. We're lucky, uh, you know, somebody was like, well, that must be great, you know, football. And of course it is. But what's that? Seven games a year? Six? It was a neutral site? And so having these other sports and the interest in it, you know, is really crucial. Yeah, I did want to follow up and ask you about football. If you can quantify just how important are those six, seven home weekend games to your business? You know, it's amazing. And I'm so pleased that this year, instead of that neutral side game, even though last year we had to do the travel to Texas, you know, that Texas game is going to be huge. I mean, we'll be doubling down from Thursday through Sunday. And so that's a major key of our business strategy. You know, there's so many people that come to town and we've sort of grown into a place like uh, people that would go to Egan's was on the strip or somewhere like that, that might not be into the whole like really raging party thing that the strip might have. You know, you could park free here at the brewery, which is point four miles from the uh, football stadium and you know walk over there uh, be in a, a cool place we normally have barbecue that's on the house because people that eat will probably have a beer um, <laughs> so we uh, 
we try to make it fun. We'll have some live music. And so, yeah, that's the linchpin. You know, it would be weird, I'm sure, that if Alabama wasn't as prominent as it is in football, that we probably could find a way to make it. But, you know, we're so underpinned by, you know, the the enjoyment of the sports and the teams performing at a high level. I mean, that so much of our town's economy is based on that. And so, you know, you really need it. We'll... We'll almost, I think we do 50% more during football game months than we do all other months. And so that's like such a huge bump. I mean, and we're tiny, you know, imagine all your other places along the strip or those, you know, your Innisfree's, your places like that that are downtown. You know, it's, I mean, from a tax base just for the city for roads, uh, river walks, things like that, that kind of lodging tax, sales tax. And that bump, you know, goes a huge way to just financing our city and the creature comforts that we want here. All right. Before we let you go, um, I know how to get there because I've spent a lot of time in Tuscaloosa. It's off 15th Street. Somebody calls you on the phone, Ruth City. Um, How do you tell them to get right there? I tell them you, uh, I first asked, do you know where the bakery is on 15th Street? And they generally say, yeah, but we're in the Parkview Center, sort of across from Central High School. Uh, and so we're here next to Mr. Chan's and the Family Dollar in the scenic Parkview Shopping Center. Uh, we have a little patio and, you know, there's a secret squirrel route over the railroad track. Don't tell the federal government. They probably don't want people <laughs> to be taking it. To, uh, pop out right there on, uh, I guess, 13th. Uh, so yeah, we uh, we're kind of centrally located. We've we've got parking. We're just a scoosh over the railroad tracks from Track and Field and Coleman Coliseum. So we're we're pretty centrally located here. And I appreciate y'all uh, taking the time to let me uh, let me talk about it. And I'm about to have to head to Hartford, Alabama, uh, visit my father. When y'all messaged me today, I was like, oh, well, should be there. Which interesting enough, what is it? Uh, Manuel Henderson's a freshman running back. And I think, by my reckoning, he's the first player from Geneva County High School since Dixie Howell. Oh, wow. Um, I know, a deep cut. There's a little bit of uh, wiregrass trivia for you today. (laughs) That's awesome. Hey, Bo, we'll talk again soon. Yeah, thanks, Bo. No problem. I look forward. Well, we'll leave the light on for you, and I'll holler at you guys soon. I appreciate the time. All right, thanks, Bo. All right, bye. All right. Uh, when we get back, we're going to close on a fun note. Um, if they were going to do a movie, and they are, on John Madden, who would play him? I have that info coming up on Big Noon Sports. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside, this is Big Noon Sports. Attention. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partially sunny this afternoon with scattered showers and thunderstorms around through the evening hours. The high today, 88. The low tonight, 64. Tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds with scattered showers and thunderstorms. The high in the mid-80s at 86. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 87 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big Moon Sports, brought to you by Haley Sensing Union Home Mortgage. Lars Anderson and Matt Coulter. Lars, 
Uh, have you seen this story about the movie being made about Madden? I have. I have. Okay. Then you know who has been selected to play the lead. Yes. Is, uh, my dear friend. <laughs> it's Will Ferrell. Yes. What are your thoughts on that? I can't get any information on, I guess, the theme of this movie, whether it's going to be comedic or serious. I would think it will be just sort of based on his life. Uh, the the script is not based on a book. It is just uh, it's just been uh, written by a pretty uh, famous uh, screenwriter. Uh, his name is Cameron Clark, and uh, and there's actually another uh, project going on right now about Madden, another film, uh, and Tom Brady's the executive producer, and so that will be, I bet, more of a, of a look oh, at man. his football. Yeah, it may not. It, it may be. Uh, have elements of fiction to it, like a, a fictionalized documentary, so to speak. Uh, but I, I think Will uh, Will Ferrell is going to be perfect. I mean, he he. So you know, I've I've played hoops with him before, and great guy. Um, and he is so funny, and he he does incredible impersonations. And he's got a long history with sports. Uh, he yeah. studied to be, uh, he wanted to, he studied, uh, sports information at USC and he hoped to become a sports broadcaster. You know, he was a fixture for a long time on the sidelines of Trojan football games and he starred in so many different, uh, movies that feature sports. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, there's already been sort of thorough documentaries on Madden, right? Uh, there was yeah. an all Madden documentary that aired Christmas Day 2021, just a few days before he passed away at age 85. NFL Films did a Football Life episode on him. HBO Sports did a documentary on him. So I, I think this is going to be... Uh, Gosh, I, I mean, I don't. I think this will be a fictionalized look at his life, probably with an emphasis on the uh, the funnier aspects, the more uh, eccentric aspects of John Madden, you know, and uh, and what his life was like. Sort of, I think, away from the field more than on the field. What do you think? Well, you know, one of the movies he did involving sports is called Talladega Nights, The Legend of Ricky Bobby, where I was fortunate enough to actually kind of do a scene with him and get to know him and other members of the staff. And I think I've told this before, but I'll, I'll make it quick. When he found out, I guess through the people that were in the scene, uh, that I was a, a sportscaster in Alabama, he would come up to me between takes and just believe me for information about Coach Bryant, about Alabama, about Saban. Um, it was all very, very cool. And I was a little surprised when I heard the announcement. And then I thought back, man, if he could do anything like he did Harry Carey on Saturday Night Live, I just guffaw at those scenes every single time. I guess we got to get out of here, Laura. All right, let's talk in 22.
Mexican 